0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And yes, I am so happy that you're here. And I believe that God's word will build you up to do all that he has called you to do and to be the person that he has called you to be. Praise God. Now, let's take a moment today to worship the Lord with our giving. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. And I'd like to share a verse with you from Proverbs chapter 11. And let's drop down to verse 24. I think you'll find this very interesting. Verse 24, there is one who scatters yet increases more. Well that sounds a little bit strange because you are giving away which would indicate subtraction through your scattering but yet the person who's doing that is increasing. Well the reason for that is is because they're tying in into a spiritual biblical law, praise God. Now the the rest of that verse and there is one who withholds more than is right but it leads to poverty. So that would be the stingy person who's just a consumer who's going to take it all and is going to hold it. Now I want you to notice this part. There is one who withholds more than is right. Let me say that God does want you to withhold some. The problem addressed with the person here in this context is that they are withholding more than is right. So it is good to withhold some. We call that savings, and God wants to bless your savings. That is a part of good biblical stewardship. Praise the Lord. Now, I have had some very unusual moments in my life, and this would be what I would call definitely out of the ordinary When the Lord has told me to give all I had and I did that and the Lord blessed me when I did that. But, you know, it's not like the Lord is going around every, you know, three weeks or three months just saying, give everything away. Give your house away. Give your car away. Give everything away Uh, because then you have to start all over again. Now, now yes, if God tells you to do that, he can certainly add it all back. He did that for Job and doubled everything exactly uh, to a double of what he previously had. But the normal standard method of operating is that we walk in these principles unless something supernatural came in and God gave a specific decree or something like that, uh, you know, concerning your reserves or savings. But that's up to God. Okay, so it says here, there is one who withholds more than is right. So you always need to withhold some, not more than you need to, not more than what God would want you to, because now you're getting into fear, you're getting into self reliance. And if you ever sense that, well, you can start giving and it'll set you free in that area. But we also need to understand, we We should walk in the whole counsel of God's word, and there is a place for savings. There is one who who withholds more than is right. So we need to do what is right and withhold some, because you may need it on a rainy day. You may have an opportunity, and because you have a savings, you could capitalize on that, uh, who knows, land or property that you could buy for pennies on the dollar or a, you know, a house going up for auction or something like that, or whatever it might be, but, uh, you're going to need some reserves. Praise God. Let's look at one more scripture that would verify this, uh, which we find in Deuteronomy 28, the blessing chapter of the Bible, Deuteronomy 28 verse eight, where it says, the Lord will command the blessing where on you in your storehouses. What are storehouses? That's where you uh, bring the provision in. And in this case, let's say you have a wheat harvest. Well, you can't eat all of that wheat in one day. Your stomach's not big enough. So you have a storehouse. And uh, the supply, even the extra goes where? It goes into the storehouse. Notice, first of all, that in order for God to command a blessing on it, you have to have one. And so you need to have... Uh, a savings account. And here it actually says the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. So it's plural. And so you should have something set up in the sense for retirement. Even if you plan to work, uh, un- until the final day of your life, like Enoch, and you just get taken off the planet. And the last day he's working, the next thing you know, he's gone. Even if you work your whole life and then, you know, uh, it ends, you still need to have that set aside for retirement. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and then all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land, which the Lord, your God is giving you. So the blessing of the Lord resting on your life does include a blessing of overflow so that you can take some so that you can withhold some, not more than you should, but take some withhold it and do what put it into a storehouse, put it into a savings. Praise God. Well, I, uh, I taught this message one time in India, and I went back the next year to do some more teachings, and my interpreter, he was very downcast when I went back, and he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, um, you know, I heard your teaching the previous year how God wants us to have a storehouse, and so my wife and I, uh, we opened a savings account, and we began to put uh, the little extra that we had. We didn't have much, but we began to put the little extra over into that account. And uh, uh, over a year, we built it up to, a, to an amount that it made us happy every time we thought about it. Uh, but he said, I just had to completely drain that account because my daughter had an accident. We had to take her to the hospital. And, uh, and for, for my translator friend, uh, he was not in a circle of wealth. In other words, he didn't have a rich uncle. Uh, he didn't really have even the church that he was so active in uh, he didn't really, he couldn't make natural pools where he could, uh, ask for help and somebody say, Oh, I can cover that because they didn't have the ability to do that. He said, the only thing I could fall back on was the savings that you told me and my wife to start. And he said, pastor Stephen, I'm so disappointed though. We completely drained the savings. Yes. My daughter received the treatment that she needed. She's made a full recovery, but the whole savings is wiped out. I said, brother, I want to ask you a question. He said, okay, go ahead. I said, what would you have done if you had not had that savings? He, he got a very kind of like a light bulb type moment. He said, oh, Pastor Stephen, I don't know what I would have done. But I said, see, it's okay. It, thank God you had it. Now you're going to be able to build it back up again. You know how to do it. So God's going to cause it to go faster for you this time, but thank God you had that. Don't be sad that it's gone. Be thankful that you had it. And that brought his joy back. Praise the Lord. So the Lord is going to bless you uh, with, uh, with that blessing, but you have to have somewhere where it can go into. So make sure you have a storehouse, uh, and I recommend biblically store houses, various uh, savings account, now, not putting in more than you should, okay, but putting some in, praise God. And that's between you and the Lord to uh, simulate how much should go in because uh, you could have a bigger blessing uh, that could rush into your life. And, uh, you know, you, you have to think, okay, now what should I put in that? And that's where the uh, the subject of wisdom and also the, the Holy Spirit, who is your financial advisor, uh, helping you in that area so that you are blessed in that area. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let me say also, my friends, we've got two days left to see that the money come in for the Field of Dreams that I've shared with you about throughout this whole month. Fourteen acres that... Uh, We are ready to purchase. We go to close on it this Friday. So I need to hear from you by uh, the close of Monday so that we can pull everything together. And we need $50,000 down to close. And we're about to cross the finish line in two days. And if you haven't uh, yet sown your seed into the field of dreams, I want to encourage you to do that. And I really... uh, Sure, it goes towards the ministry, and it helps us with our dream. But I'm happy in my heart because I know that this is something that the Lord has ordained. And when we engage in kingdom endeavors like this, it's for uh, the lifting of all of us. And I see the Lord smiling on your seed, and he already has your harvest in mind. And I want you to be thinking about that, preparing for that. Praise God, uh, because it's going to happen for you. Praise the Lord. So I just want to bring that to your attention, that that giving opportunity is still open. Please, if you have not yet, do your best to honor the Lord. Do what the Holy Spirit would direct you to do. And I believe we'll cross the finish line successfully. And uh, we're going to go close on that property by God's grace on Friday. Thank you for everybody that has given. Um, We've had people uh, be a blessing from all over America, sending in precious seed from around America. Offerings have come in from as far away as Malaysia, China, New Zealand, Australia, just uh, I, I, uh, uh, through uh, various places of Europe. And I'm just like, Lord, it leaves me in a place of deep gratitude for the Lord and for you, his precious people that have a heart for what God's heart is, and that's taking the gospel to the nations. Thank you so much for standing with us in this project. Praise God. I trust to bring you some really good news in just a couple of more days. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now, for those of you that are bringing in your tithe and your special offering and you want to mail it in, please send your gifts to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717 Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. And if you're giving towards the Field of Dreams, make a note on your check and just write Field of Dreams. That way we know to designate it to that specific uh, project. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to give online, you can do so from anywhere in the world, day or night. And uh, you can do so very easily. Go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage for your tithes. Click the red heart that says give and you can tie uh, through that uh, online portal. If you would like to sow into the field of dreams, click the orange link that says projects and you'll see the field of dreams right there. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, bless your precious people. Give them the beautiful harvest that they desire, that they're Field of dreams be manifested. Oh, God, even this year, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Let beautiful things happen. And let the 100-fold return, which is your very best, where they need it the most, and what you most greatly desire to do for them, let it come to them this year. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to read a testimony before we jump into today's message. And uh, these always bless me to read these and uh, uh, these testimonies, they give glory to the Lord and to the effectiveness of his word. When we take heed to it, this is let's see this. Let me look at the brother's last name again. This is from brother Cleaver. Praise God. He said, hello, pastor Brooks. He said, I wanted to send this note to thank pastor Brooks and uh, his wife and the team that help stream the online sermons twice a week. The messages that Pastor Brooks preaches have been a great source of strength, encouragement, and truth that I, that I have stood on during several periods of financial uncertainty. In the last couple of years, the most recent one I just came out of in the most supernatural way. Now, remember when I read these testimonies what's happening to him and what's happening to others. This lifting is happening to you. We all celebrate because th- this is a corporate lifting. Hallelujah. And you're going higher this year than you've ever gone before. Praise God. Pastor Brooks, prophetic word in 2020 taught me to believe God's word, confess and speak his word and promises stand still upon his word to be delivered to stand still again for the Lord to take me into whatever is next to quickly do the things he shows me to do, but not strain myself to make the deliverance happen. Pastor Brooks over the years has also taught me to have a strong walk with the Lord, as well as the law of financial sowing and reaping among many other things. I experienced a COVID related layoff in 2020 from my very good job of 15 years. It was certainly a season of testing, but I put these God principles into practice. Within three months, I ended up with an amazing job that I was supernaturally led into, and everything on my prayer list was answered, including not having to move and making even better pay. That combined with the severance package from my previous company caused me to make more money than I had ever made in my career in the year of COVID 2020. Praise God forever. The second deliverance I just came out of a couple days ago. I've owned a side business the last seven years and the performance of the business just kept getting worse to the point where I couldn't pay the mortgage and other bills. A very desperate financial situation. It was in 2021 that Pastor Brooks taught about picking out prophetic stones, like David did, and write the giants to be slain on them. So one night, while spending time with the Lord, I wrote down on the stones to be transitioned out of the business and to become totally debt free in my business and personal life, among other things, five stones in total. Throughout 2021, I continued to seek the Lord through this seemingly impossible business situation, and the Lord was always there to comfort me with the word, revelation, or reminder of his promises. There were many times when I wanted to cry and complain in my mind, but as soon as I entered into my prayer room, his peace and joy flooded my heart, and I just soaked in his presence, getting infused with new strength and joy. So, at the end of 2021, right on the very edge of bankruptcy, no more financial room to spare whatsoever, a cash buyer materialized and bought the business from me, and I came out debt free from the business. We just closed on the deal last Thursday. And to top it all off, I am now months away from becoming completely debt free, not even a house mortgage. It's all coming together so incredibly sudden and I can take no credit for any great strategy I put in place. All glory goes to the Lord and his mighty supernatural power and faithfulness to deliver. I just worked the principles I've been taught and stayed close to the Lord in total dependence on him. There was so much more to say and write, but it would take uh, uh, more time. In the end, I wanted to express my absolute. Sincere gratitude to the Lord, to Pastor Brooks, his wife, Kelly, and his team that puts out the messages to the whole world. It has taught me to remain close to the Lord, to trust in him with all my heart, lean not unto my own understanding, and to allow him to direct my paths. It really does work when we work his word. And I'm standing on the prophecy and seeking the Lord's face for 2022 concerning the supernatural wealth transfer to the Lord's children for his glory and the expansion of his kingdom with thanksgiving gratitude and praise uh, brother Cleaver. Praise God. Amen. My friends, it's time for your lifting as you work the principles of God's word. You go up. It's not a mystery when you put an airplane on the runway and you have sufficient engines that can generate power you have a wing designed properly for lift and you get that thing moving down the runway and gets the right speed and you bring these equations together the law of aerodynamics says that plane must fly and as you're working these principles and walking close with the lord my my friends this, there's no guesswork to where you're going you're going up <laughs> So enjoy the ride, praise God, because the Lord is receiving all the glory and he's smiling and it's making him happy. Praise God. All right. Now today, I actually want to talk about God's success path for you. And I've titled this message, Your Shiny Success Path in God. And as we go into the word, let's go into prayer first. Heavenly Father, as we begin now to study your word and take it to heart, We thank you that as your word comes in, it illuminates our understanding. So, Father, let the light be turned on today so that we know what to do. We thank you that wisdom directs our path. Now, we give you all of the praise for your leading and directing. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to uh, the book of Hosea chapter 4 very famous verse and verse six. This is a verse. You need to let it percolate and soak into your heart. Some of you have heard me quote this before, but I would like for you to see it. That way, you know uh, what book is in what chapter chapter verse and so forth. So you uh, get this into your spirit. Again, Hosea chapter four, verse six, my people that would be God's children. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, let me say this. If God's people can be destroyed by lack of knowledge, then it means that they can, in a reverse way, they can be saved and delivered by knowledge. Woo. Praise God. Knowledge, of course, is very important for success in the academic world, there is a great emphasis put upon knowledge, and rightfully so. Uh, in the medical field, there's a great emphasis put upon knowledge, and rightfully so. You In the academic world, you don't want somebody teaching you something they don't know. Uh, in, in the hospital, you don't want somebody operating or doing something to your body when they don't know what they're doing. So knowledge is essential for success. But the knowledge of God's Word, this is what's important today, and this is, is where there's a difference. The knowledge of God's Word must be heart knowledge. Because if it's only hid knowledge, and hid knowledge has its place, but when it comes to God's Word, because we're dealing now with spiritual things, if it's hid knowledge, it's not useful and it won't produce the results that you need to achieve the success. That you desire. So, uh, in your head, for example, you could actually know that God's word is true. You could just you just know in your in your mind. Yes, that's right. That that's that totally makes sense. And sure, I can I can uh, understand that. But it's with the heart, however, that we believe. So the knowledge has to move from our head to our heart in order for us to get into. The working of these mighty words, these mighty prophecies, these mighty promises in the Word of God. Let's uh, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 10. And here we see very clearly by the great theologian, the Apostle Paul, that faith is of the heart. Romans 10, verse 10. For with the heart, not the toe and not your elbow. And not your physical brain. And in a sense, also not your mind. Although your mind, uh, uh, you know, we renew our minds with the Word of God. And your mind gives you the basic overall understanding. But you're going to have to get it into your heart in order to actually believe. For with the heart, one believes into righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it's not... What comes out of your head or even your intellect that will bring you success, but it's what comes out of your heart. And this is the difference, really, between those in the world who would have a type of success, but yet they don't know Christ. And perhaps they have accomplished very, very good things that, even in a sense, can be a, a blessing to humanity. And that is all good. But True success, first of all, begins with the new birth experience, receiving Christ, and therefore having your eternal uh, security established, praise God, of being with God and going to heaven. There's nothing more important than that, and success flows out of that, praise the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 119. As we study today the subject of the success that God wants you to walk in and to enjoy. Praise God. Psalm 119, and we're going to go to verse 130. Let me grab a a drink of tea here. Verse 130. The entrance of your word, of your of, of your words, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple praise the Lord. Now the entrance of God's words. Now notice that it's not just reading the Bible or reading the words, although you're certainly going to read them because if you don't read them, you're never going to be able to go, you know, take them and take those words and go to the next step. But it's not just solely reading the words of the Bible, but it's the entrance it's their entrance, where into your heart, not into your mind, where you read it and you think that was great because it's all good, <laughs> and uh, the the stories are unlike any other story. Uh, you know, this is this is all the inspiration for drama. This is the all this is all the inspiration for the you know the elements of uh, movies, good guy, bad guy, or whatever it might be, or reality, this or that. Uh, you're never going to get uh, any better scripts. To work off of or receive inspiration than the ones that are in the Bible and the various expressions of humanity that are found therein. But my friends, we have to understand it must be the entrance of these words into our heart, so that when the light of the word comes in, then the path of success is clearly unveiled before you. And God's word is the word of victory. And when it comes into your heart, when it moves past your head and comes into your heart, then it turns your life into a victorious journey, not a journey where you're being bludgeoned by the enemy, Not a journey uh, where the enemy just somehow breaks through the ranks and, and, uh, you know, beats you up and stuff like that. No, it puts an end to those types of experiences, and it establishes victory in your life. So here's the thing. If you do not have the word, God's word of success, then it is very much possible that you're going to struggle with various forms of failure in your life. And that's no fun. It's no fun. When the word of God concerning any subject enters our hearts, then we can begin to take control of that situation. And that is when life becomes sweet. (laughs) Why? Because this stuff can't boss you around anymore. The devil can't just hijack or hijack you or jump on you and put a whooping on you, so to speak. That stuff all is over with when the word begins to come into your heart and and that strength starts going through your spirit, affecting now the way you think, affecting the way you talk, the way you behave. And you start winning real quick, real quick. Woo situations previously where there was failure begin to get fixed real quick. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say that statement again. When the word of God concerning any subject enters our hearts, we can begin to take control of that situation. But here's the catch. And uh, this is not a big catch, but here's something that we have to be aware of. You must know your redemptive rights in order to enjoy what God has actually made available for you. And it is possible. I've seen it. It's very possible. Previously in my life, (laughs) uh, when I uh, didn't know certain things about God's word and uh, the solutions in the the Bible, uh, I was, you know, subjected to various frustrations. But it is very possible to serve God all your life. I'm not just talking about living. I'm talking about living and loving God and endeavoring to try to serve God. And you can do that and still have failure if you don't have certain words that get into your heart that bring that light. Because when the light goes on, it will dispel any form, any form of darkness. Woo! Praise God. But if you can't get it in your heart, you can't believe it, even if you know it's true. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to have to first of all know that success can be achieved and that you can walk in it. And that is something very important that God wants you to be living in. Praise God. Luke chapter 15, Jesus gave us a tremendous parable to endeavor to demonstrate this point. Luke 15, let's drop down to verse 25. We're looking here at the parable of the uh, sometimes called the prodigal son or the lost son. We're going to focus for a few minutes on the older brother. Now his older son, uh, that would be the father's. His older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Now, don't forget what I just told you about serving God all of your life and you're trying to please the Lord. Okay, so he said, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. Now watch this. And all that I have is yours please say that right now right where you're sitting or standing or driving or wherever you're at and you're listening to this please say this statement all that i have is yours woo praise god Mm-mm. you have to know the benefits that god has made available to you praise the lord you know um when i was preparing this message i couldn't help but think about one woman who is a mighty prayer warrior and her husband, a, a very righteous man who loves God and can teach the Bible uh, in a limited scope, but he can teach it in the sense where he could lead somebody to Christ and he could explain some of the basic foundational truths, uh, you know, that would help a believer to get rooted. But uh, he and her both don't really know what perhaps we could describe as more of a fuller understanding of what God has made available for us and actually wants to, uh, wants for us to walk in and experience. And I was thinking about this couple because I saw them, uh, just a few weeks ago. I had not seen them for, uh, almost 17 years. Now think about this, this lady, is a true woman of prayer who can pray and uh, uh, get into the presence of the Lord and enjoy the presence of the Lord. And she can can really pray, praise God. And her husband loves Jesus. And you know what? A couple of weeks ago, after a 17-year gap, when I saw them, you know what I noticed? Nothing has changed in their life at all. What I mean by that is 17 years ago, with all of that prayer life, in all of the busyness in the church as poor as a church mouse, 17 years later, still as poor as a church mouse. Why? They're like the elder brother. They don't know what actually belongs to them, even though they're in the house and that's their father. They still don't know. And, I know because of the circles they, that they're in and the, that type of teaching in their circles that they're never going to be told this. And so it's possible to live your whole life as a believer and even serve. And yet you don't even know the fatted calf is yours. You can go out and get one right now. Wow. But remember the father said, all that I have is yours. Woo. Praise the Lord. So I want to say this. Nothing. Nothing can happen to you in the Christian faith above your level of the knowledge of the truth. It's not possible. (laughs) You can, uh, I I just, let me read that again. Nothing can happen to you in the Christian faith above your level of the knowledge of the truth. Woo. Praise God. Oh, and I'm, I'm kind of laughing as I share this because I've lived this. Uh, I've lived uh, not literally in a room with the light turned off, but I had been in situations where the knowledge was not there and I didn't know it. And the person giving the instructions didn't know it. So we're all in a sense in, in areas of darkness. And what is that producing frustration, failure in certain areas of our life? When. Jesus says, Hey, all of this belongs to you. I want you to have success in life. <laughs> and so, because it's not working for us, what so many do in the church is now we have to craft our theology around our failure because we don't know how to get out of it. So, perhaps this is even what we're designated towards, or perhaps. Uh Calvin's ideas of predestination, maybe maybe we're just predestined by God to be poor and God wants some to be successful and he wants others to be utter failures in life and well that's all that can make sense if we look at our lives. What's going on? Okay, the entrance of God's words bring light. And you cannot walk in that light unless that word gets into your heart. Mm-mm. So I know, for example, like that couple um, well, you might, uh, that are still poor. 17-year gap, still just as poor, broke as they were last 17 years I saw them. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come they don't listen to you? Cause the lights that there's, there's no light. They don't understand. It has to come by revelation. And even if they heard me talking about it, they might think, ah, that, the, the thing, that just works for him or those kind of people. They just, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So uh, until you get it in your heart, it's just, it's just not going to click. Woo. Praise God. Mm-mm. You're going to have to reference God's word you're going to have to realize that God said what he meant and he meant what he said. And he, he takes his word very seriously. And if you work it, it'll work for you. And if you disdain it and disregard it, uh, hello, frustration, hello, failure, Mm -mm. but I know I'm talking to people that are so hungry and so want to win for the glory of God, that you're willing to make any necessary adjustment. And so God's, God's word is coming to you like a freight train head on with that spotlight on the front of the train, illuminating your path and you are going into the flow of success and God's blessing is resting on your life. Mm -mm. So the word of God has to gain access into us before we can get into the light we see this, of course, in the famous statement of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 8. Let me turn over there. Let's see here. John chapter 8. Praise the Lord. And let's go to verse 31, which says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And, and, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So I've heard people misquote the verse, you probably have too. The truth sets us free. Well, it's only the truth that you know. If you don't know it, it can't have any effect on your life. It does not have the impact of liberation until it gets in your heart and you really know it. You shall know the truth and and the truth shall make you free, but it's only the truth that you know. Woo! Hallelujah! Mm-mm. It's your knowledge of your covenant right to success that will set you free from any form of failure. Success is not something that comes by accident or luck or some means of random chance but rather success is programmed on spiritual laws that were built and designed by God himself. Whoo! Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. I live in the state of North Carolina. If you visit here, or if you live here, you know that the license plate, the, the basic regular license plate at the bottom, it says first in flight because the first official, a long uh, duration type flight happened out on the beach at a place called Kitty Hawk. Mm, Very nice place on the outer islands of uh, North Carolina. Well, they basically began in the early 1900s. If I'm correct, I think it was at like 1903. They began to unlock or unravel the laws that governed flight Yes, Pastor Stephen. that's when man first flew, and somebody over in Europe, uh, right around the same time, they flew also, and then it just began to break loose, and everybody's now starting to learn to fly, and flights go longer, and let's put a propeller on it, and eventually uh, jet engines, and on and on we go. Can I ask you a question, though? What if they would have understood the law in the year 1210? Hmm? What if in the time of St. Francis of Assisi, let's go all the way back. That's 1100s, okay? What if they understood the laws of flight then, and it began to unravel to them then, and they understood it? Could they have flown then? Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, it only worked. It only started working in the year 1903. No, and you know that. That law would have worked any time. It had worked uh, in 2000 B.C., You could have flown an airplane in 2000 B.C. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come they didn't? Because they did not have knowledge of that truth. They did not have knowledge of the eternal laws that govern flight and aerodynamics and all of that cool stuff. They just didn't know. They just didn't know. What else is science going to stumble onto these revelations often given by the grace of God? What else will we stumble onto that we don't know? That we finally figure out and think, wow, boy, that took us a while to get there. Well, first of all, in the millennium, when the devil is, is bound in the pit for a thousand years, oh, boom, you're talking about a warp speed concerning knowledge and progress moving forward at an unprecedented level. It'll be unlike anything that the earth has ever seen before. <laughs> you know, tie the devil up and tie all the demons up and stuff like that. Oh, just watch. All of the good things that can happen. But my friends, success is programmed on spiritual laws established by God. You don't fly by luck. You don't fly by chance. A hope and a prayer. No, you fly by laws. Same way with success. Let me say this. Also, devotion, as sincere as it is, and zeal, as energetic as it is, devotion and zeal are still not enough for success. Zeal is not good until it's joined with knowledge. And even the apostle Paul talked about that in the book of Romans about how zeal without knowledge, watch out we are uh, you're going to get off track. Okay. So we, even with zeal and, and devotion and so forth, we can never, the truth is we just can't enjoy what we don't know, <laughs> right? That's why, that's why they didn't fly in the year 1100. They just didn't know. You can't fly either if you don't know. You cannot succeed or come into success if you don't know. This is what God has for you. And God actually wants you to be successful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. There are a lot of Christians who think, That success, they don't even like the word, terrifies them, or prosperity. That one uh, almost causes reaction amongst some Christians. So success, prosperity, uh, the word greatness would would even, uh, some might even pass out on that. They think, oh, that's absolutely not of God. But what do we do with scripture, which is the unveiling of God's word, which is his will for humanity? What do we do? with these things. What about our spiritual father, Abraham, as we now go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Genesis 12, verse 1. I wonder if Abraham was successful. Well, you already know that he was. Let's take a look at it. Verse 1. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family. And from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Oh, God, don't do that. That's not of you. Oh, no, no. God's no God knows what He's doing. We line up with Him. He doesn't line up with us <laughs> and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, you have to understand when I grew up in church, I was in church from a child, from an infant, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every midweek service, Wednesday night. Not once ever in my life did I ever hear the preacher growing up in my particular denomination uh, until uh, my early 20s, probably around age 22, I began to move over into Pentecost when I uh, you know, had a, you know, some tremendous things going on with the Lord that greatly blessed me, that took me on. But before that, all those years in that particular denomination, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for 20 years, I never, ever once heard a preacher in the pulpit within that denomination stand up and say, this is a, this is God's pattern for your life. God wants us to be like Abraham because in a sense, we were even in his loins. Woo. Because he is the father of faith. He believed God and God uh, accounted it as righteousness. So I never heard these types of things. So we actually celebrate it. It, w- it would not be verbally expressed in such a way, but it was danced around and rejoiced. We actually celebrate it failure. We would say we would say stupid stuff like this. Oh, you can have the whole world, but just give me Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Jesus all right, and you can't pay your electric bill. Yeah, we, we we would we would say stuff like that and celebrate it. And the preacher, he'd lean over the pulpit, and wave his hand, and point his finger—that long bony finger—and he'd say, "God." God don't want you to have none of this world's goods. It'll damn you to hell. It'll lead your soul away from God. And you know what? We believed it and we didn't have none of this world's goods and we were hurting and we were looking for the government to give us free peanut butter and free cheese, free butter. It didn't matter what it was. We we were happy to take it. Why? Because we were all living in shortage we were all living in various forms of failure. I can look back now as an adult, and I can still see the audience in my mind. I can still see the old lady that sat over in the corner that 24 hours a day, her nose ran. She would go through multiple handkerchiefs just in one service, trying to soak up all the liquid coming out of her nose. Uh, and she she had such darkness on her. We had no clue she was dealing with an oppressing, evil spirit. And I could see the others in the church. Uh, even the day in my mind, I could see the others that were just sitting uh, the loving God, but sitting in areas of bondage, they could not get free from. And you could see the failure. You could see the failure written on their faces with frustration, happy. Yes, to be saved, happy to be on the way to heaven. And sometimes during the singing, we could all get a little bit happy, but the moment you walk out of those church doors, you're right back out in in the sense in the world and you're faced with the onslaught of all of this stuff. And so we were programmed not with these principles of success. We were programmed to just grin and bear it and endure it. And one day it'll finally all be over. We can go to heaven. <laughs> Woo, praise God. So that was, that was put into me and that's why I couldn't fly at that time. That's why I couldn't, I couldn't come into success because I flat out didn't know about it. And even if I would have started to know, I wouldn't have known God actually wants me to have it. Look, I was like the elder brother walking around in the house. Everything belongs to me and I don't know it. I'm serving. I love God. I'm in church all the time. My parents there all the time. We're serving, but yet we, 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 a fatted calf belongs to us. We can go get one anytime we want. Uh, No, we had no revelation of that. No revelation of that. I talked to a, a, a prophetess friend of mine one time. and She laughed at, you know, some of my funny poverty stories of growing up. You know, it's funny talking about it. it. Wasn't funny when I was in it. But it is kind of interesting when you're poor. You don't even really know you're poor you just know you're not rich. You you don't really think I'm poor. It, you just kind of, you are just down in, that's just your life. But when you come out of it, you're like, Oh Lord, have mercy. I was talking to a, a prophetess friend of mine. One time she said that she grew up in church all of her life as a young girl. She wanted to be a preacher and uh, uh, she had some exposure to Pentecostal type cerc- uh, churches. You know, of course they, they embrace the new Testament reality that sure uh, the calling can be for men or women. And so she always wanted to be in ministry, uh, and even as a young child, could sense the call to prophetic ministry. And so she she sometimes would sit on the front row. And as a young girl, she said she told me that uh, uh, as now now of course she she's an adult and has a, a very effective prophetic ministry and uh, owns a big, beautiful, large home. And uh, but she said, as a young girl, she was sitting on the front row. She was a teenager, and she so wanted to be in ministry. And she said there was a guest speaker one day, he's a prophet. And he spoke and, uh, you know, he prophesied and stuff like that. And she's like, God, I, I want to I go in this direction. And she said when he was done, he came, sat down on the front row and uh, sat down and, uh, you know, lifted his leg up and uh, crossed his legs and, uh, you know, picked his shoe up when he crossed, you know, because he got his leg, his leg crossed. And she said, I could see the bottom of his shoe. He had these old wore out dress shoes. And when he picked his, when he lifted his shoe up, she said, I could see the bottom of it. And there was a hole that big on the bottom of his shoe. And he had slipped some cardboard into it. She said, I saw the, the piece of cardboard. And she said, then, and she said, then and there, I said, God, I, I can't do this. I want to be your minister. I want to be your servant. I, but God, I can't, I can't go around walking around barefoot with a big old hole in my shoes. She said, God, I don't know if I want to do that. If that's what it takes. <laughs> she found out later. No, that's not God's will. That's certainly not success. And uh, thank God she got delivered. I was like an onion. God had to work with me like an onion. Peeling off layers. Layers of what? Religion. Not, not biblical religion. Man's traditions. Man's religious traditions that are not grounded in the word, but are grounded in Uh, false teachings that are used to justify failure. Mm, Praise the Lord. For some of you, this is is painful. This is like you're having surgery. (laughs) The truth uh, can be like, oh, well, you know, God has to clean us. He has to do his work. Just let the Holy Spirit work because your success begins today. And those of you that are already working this, Oh, glory, get ready, get ready, because you're about to be lifted into a new realm. Mm, Praise God. Lord, we give you praise and glory today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, God told Abraham, you shall be a blessing, but you can't, you can't be a blessing to others if you're not successful. I mean, maybe you could a little bit. I mean, if you're a homeless person. Maybe you could give somebody a quarter that you found on the side of the road. I don't know, but I I don't think you can do very much. So you can't be a blessing to others if you're not successful. And when you study the life of Abraham, you see his tremendous success that God took him into. So God is the author of success, and it makes God happy when you follow his principles and He empowers you to succeed in life. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, this word succeed is still a dangerous word for many in the body of Christ. They get nervous. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But God's going to take you higher so that he will be glorified and so that you can make an impact. We see this, of course, in the gospel of Matthew chapter five. Let's jump over there. Matthew chapter five. And we're going to go now to verse 14. And Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Cannot be hidden. God, God has not designed you for obscurity. Please let that go into your spirit and think about that this week God has not designed you for obscurity. You are the light of the world. That means you're visible. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Your life cannot be hidden. You're too successful to hide. Woo, praise the Lord. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. How can you do good works if you're totally wiped out and defeated? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Hallelujah! Your success. Brings glory to God. Your success is evident to others, and they say, Woo, I think I'd like to serve a God like that. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yes. And they'll glorify your Father in heaven. People are watching you. People are watching you. Praise the Lord. Let God lead you su- to success so that you are a strong, illuminated Christian witness. Praise the Lord. In other words, let your success shine. It glorifies God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, very quickly, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and verse 2. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high, set you high. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, we just, uh, you, we, we don't need to be lifted high. We need to, no, God wants to set you high. That's God's plan. That is his success plan for your life to set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Well, now you don't like it, Pastor Stephen. I like being the tail. I like getting back there and swatting flies and stuff like that. No, 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 no. God does not want you to be the tail. Well, Pastor Stephen, somebody's got to be the tail. Yes, not you. You are the witness. You are you are a demonstrator of the kingdom. You are ambassador of Christ. Let somebody else do the fly swatting. Praise God. You're supposed to be the head and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. Understand where God wants you to be. Understand that he has a success planned for your life. When the God, the father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, got together and worked with your creation uh, of your life and imparted into you the creativity, the personality, the body shape, the eye color, the, the characteristics that would neatly be yours, the, your, your imagination, uh, the capacity of your soul, the type of relationships that you would have and also the contributions that you're going to make to humanity. When they did that, they had these discussions. There's nobody else like you never has been, never will be. And with you and any other human, God never planned. God never planned for you to have failure. God never planned for you to be defeated by the devil. God never said, now this one we're going to make an exception because this one, We're going to use as an object for the devil to beat up on to show everybody how strong the devil is. No. No. Hallelujah. God did not design or create failure. All of that comes from the world of the enemy. All of that comes out of sin. All of that is rooted in disobedience. God has not called you to be a failure. God has called you to be more than a conqueror. And all of that was put in into you. Hallelujah. And it was all activated on the day that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You had all of these potentials placed into you. And many things, of course, are already functioning, your personality and your, you know, the things that you bring uh, to your world, okay? But in Christ is when all of the potentials begin to become activated in your life, and now have the potential to reach their zenith. And that, my friends, includes success in your marriage, in your family, in your career, in your walk with God. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I see you as the head, not the tail. <laughs> All right. One more. One more. Praise the Lord. We're going now to the book of Joshua. And we're going to look at, very quickly, verse 1, we're going to look at the three principles of success, very, very briefly. Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law, okay, right here, okay? We're talking about, uh, in context, the first five books, the, the Torah, uh, the, the law that God gave to his people through his servant Moses. But of course, we know this all as God's word. Praise God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Why in the world would any believer think that God does not want you to be successful when here he tells you how to become successful? Is God confused? Does he have dyslexia where he gets things reversed and backwards? (laughs) No, but the devil does. And that's what religion will do too. It'll get you so confused. Okay. So get back to the word because the word is, is revealing God's will for your life for then after you do those things, for then you will make your way prosperous. Prosperity is God's plan for your life. And then you will have good success. God wants you to have good success. God wants you to be successful. Pastor Steve, and I feel like I should join the Amway Club. This feels like, like a network marketing talk. <laughs> you know what? there are people in the world that don't even know God and they still have enough common sense to know poverty's awful. Being broke and having no money and nowhere to live is no fun. I think I'd like to have some success, but we've, we've seen, however, uh, what happens when people have wealth or success without God, it's not true success unless you were in Christ, rooted in God, living for Him, giving the glory to God, because life is very short. And Jesus said, what does it matter if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Okay, so you could be a billionaire, multi-billionaire. We have, uh, I think, now over 600 billionaires in the earth. That's a lot. Many of them, of course, are multi-billionaires. But what does that matter when you're only going to live 80 perhaps 80-something years, a few, maybe a little bit longer, and then your whole life, in a sense, is over. Now you go into eternal judgment, and you don't know God? No, that's not a success. That is an eternal failure. So we look at success through God's perspective of what He deems success, and it begins by being obedient to His Word, receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, following these principles very closely, and and yes, it includes the wealth. It includes the prosperity. It says it does right here. Praise God. All right. So what are the three things that take us into success? Number one, speak the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Woo. Number two, meditate the word, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And number three, do the word that you may observe to do all according to all that is written in it. So speak the word, meditate the word, and do the word. Success is God's will for every single, single believer in the body of Christ, every single one. And that includes you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, remember, these things are A faith fight. You don't just walk into it. You're going to have to use your faith. The Lord told this people, The land of Canaan is yours. I've already given it to you. Now go take it. Uh, So they had to take it in the sense where they had to engage giants. They had to engage uh, enemies that weren't willing to give it up. So they they, they had these battles. And that is, uh, those are pictures for us in the new covenant to realize we have promises. Okay, we have success, but we have to work these principles and we have to go take it. You have to go get it by faith. Praise God. And as you do, as you speak the word, meditate the word, do the word, God will take you to the top. I'm here today to tell you God's got a place for you at the top. Well, now, Pastor Steve, we're all at the top. Who's going to be at the bottom? Why don't you let God sort all that out? And why don't you just do your part and get on up to the top? (laughs) Let God be God. That's like the Israelites. Who's going to chop the wood? Who's going to carry the water? God's like, hey, I'll take care of that. Well, you know, you're going to be conquering nations and subduing kingdoms. We'll let somebody else chop the wood. You get your way on up to the top. Mm -hmm. Mm. Glory to God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. I thank you that for today, that for some that didn't know this confusion has left them. And they're they're now standing in a place of stillness and peace. But this is now being settled in their heart once and for all. They are going to be successful in you. Thank you, Father God. They are going to be successful in the eyes of the world. they're, They're that light illuminating out to others. God is a good God. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Father God. This is the inheritance of your people. We rejoice in you. Bless your people, Father God, with prosperity and good success, good success, health, and long life, so that you might be glorified and our lives may touch many. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today's program and you have never experienced the first level of success, which is getting your life right with God, then any other form of success that you may have is irrelevant. You can't take it with you where you're going. If you don't know God, you're going to go to be with the devil for all eternity because there's only two kingdoms, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. God rules over the kingdom of light. Satan rules over the kingdom of darkness. You either in one or the other. Okay. So if you are ready to come out of the spiritual darkness of sin and spiritual death and come into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus Christ, pray this prayer Right now, say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But you died to save sinners like me on the cross. You died on the cross for me. Jesus, I give you my heart right now. Come into my life. Wash all of my sins away. Give me your new life. Write my name in your book of life. Step into my life. And lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Welcome to the unlimited realm of success only found in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of us that are believers, let's take Holy Communion together to honor the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim his death until he comes and he is coming back because it's through his death that we have all of these benefits that the elder brother didn't know about, but we know about praise God and that we enjoy. So grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice and let's pray over it. Father, thank you for the bread, the juice as we're going to receive this. Now, father, we bless it and set it apart as holy through this prayer And because we consecrate it through this prayer, we thank you, Father God, that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We thank you. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you that all of your promises are yes and amen. And we also realize that we have to get them into our heart or else this is like endless window shopping. So, Father, let us get these promises into our heart. Number one, that you want us to be successful. Thank you, Father God. Father, I see businesses, those with businesses just flourishing. And others of you that work in certain uh, companies or corporations, you're going to be so vital and you're going to be such a producer that I see raises and promotions and uh, just special assignments coming to you because of the tremendous contributions that you bring uh, to your company. Not only in ideas, but just also through morale and joy and leadership. So, Father, we thank you for the Lord's flesh. There's young people that are watching. The Lord's raising you up in leadership, raising you up to be a success. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for Jesus and his word we receive. We receive his flesh now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, it's, it's hard to think success if we feel condemned because of a failure or a sin. So right now, through the blood of Jesus, we ask that you would forgive us of all sins, all failures, all mistakes, that you would cleanse us through his blood, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, we forgive anybody, anyone who has wronged us. We forgive them, and we bless them, and we keep on going with you. Uh, Father, we give you all the praise. Thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. And we thank you that we are righteous in your sight through the blood of Christ and our position in him. We thank you. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise God. As you go today, let me say one more time, thank you for sowing into the project for the Field of Dreams. Thank you for helping us to see a real miracle come to pass. Praise God. We greatly appreciate it. I'm praying over every offering, every seed that comes in through mail, through online giving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And let me close by saying this, as you move forward in success, speak the word. Meditate the word and go do the word. Praise the Lord. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.